Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On today's show, we're talking with 16-year-old licensed NASCAR racing phenom, Matty Ryan. All right, gals and pals, game on. It's time for the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help gals and their pals come together over sports. Don't hate the game, love the game, or at least find out why he loves it so much. Now your host, the Sports Gal Pal herself, Ramona Rice. Welcome to the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help you understand why he screams at the TV during a game. I'm your host, Ramona Rice. You can connect with me on Twitter at SportsGalPal, and make sure to check out SportsGalPal.com. So what did I learn this week? Much of sports, like life, has its peaks and valleys. Sports has popped into the regular news the past couple of weeks. There was the whole Deflategate scandal where Tom's Brady suspension brought about lots of debate, and all of a sudden everyone knew what the correct inflation rate should be for an NFL football. Then FIFA decided to uh, get accused of money laundering, racketeering, bribery, threats. They're basically the modern mob, according to the FBI. Um, you know, and this is all to get World Cups and different championships to certain places around the globe, which I'm not quite certain why the corruption is so surprising for a lot of people, considering that they are planning a World Cup in Qatar, and the World Cups are typically done in the summer, and Qatar gets to be 120 degrees. Unless I'm getting paid a million dollars, I really wouldn't think that would be a good idea. But I guess to each their own. And the NCAA has released its accusations against the University of North Carolina, and it could affect their blue-chip basketball team. I think things like this give the world of sports a bad rap because it reminds so many people that it often doesn't feel like a fair playing field and that competitors at the top of their game are willing to do almost anything to get a competitive advantage. Even if it's something as simple as getting the ball boy to deflate a football. And I know it doesn't seem how silly the request is. It just seems to sort of happen. And sometimes things get to be very serious like the FIFA incident. And really silly like the different text messages between the deflator and the other guy. You know, the public, we want things often in black and white. Sports are designed to have heroes and villains, and that's the way we like them. But realistically, the world itself, including sports, has many gray areas. And depending on how you look at it, there is no no in-between. Sometimes it's just good or bad. You know, if you're a Patriots fan, you don't under, the NFL is the bad guys because they are coming down so hard on your team. But if you're the rest of the NFL, we're all like, why didn't they catch them sooner? It just depends on the perspective of the person. If you are a country that really wants a World Cup, you're willing to pay whatever price you need to to get it. It doesn't matter if it's not an fair advantage to the rest of the countries who could legitimately hold them at a moment's notice without having to invest a ton of infrastructure that won't be used in the future. And, you know, a lot of universities in this country cheat and skate the rules a little bit. It just so happens that the guys, in, you know, down in Chapel Hill got caught. But on the other side, there were some mighty peaks that happened over the weekend. Serena Williams won her 20th Grand Slam title with her win at the French Open. And this is a woman who who comes from one of the worst neighborhoods in the country. And really, if you think about it, has everything to go against her. She's a minority. 
She did not have a proper tennis upbringing other than her father coaching her and her sister. And right now, she's a woman who isn't as young as her competition, and yet she is dominant. Her success is remarkable. But the story that really caught my eye was that of American Pharaoh, the first Triple Crown winner since 1978. That's 37 years between Triple Crown winners. He is only the 12th Triple Crown winner in history. His trainer, Bob Baffert, had almost won the triple a few times. He got so close, and he's finally found a horse that did it. The owner of American Pharaoh, Ahmed Zayed, had always been the bridesmaid at the Kentucky Derby when he was there. He came in second at least three to four times, and he finally found a horse to win. At the completion of the 2014 horse racing season, the three Triple Crown races had attracted over 4,100 entrants. Of these, 289 horses have won a single leg of the Triple Crown. That means they won at least the Preakness, the Kentucky Derby, or the Belmont Stakes. 52 horses have won at least two of the races, 23 with the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness, 18 with the Preakness and the Belmont, and 11 with Kentucky and the Belmont. But only 12 horses have won all three. That's 12 out of over 4,100. You have to learn to take the bitter with the sweet. And you have to realize that even when you get something as sweet as a championship, you're still going to get some bitterness because there will be those who are jealous of your team's success. In the world of sports, it doesn't matter if your team is winning or losing, there is some bitterness to go along. There is some sacrifice, there is some type of jealousy, there is some type of sore losership. It just happens. But then, if you stick around with sports long enough, you see something miraculous. You see the 12th time in history, a Triple Crown winner. You see an amazing woman win her 20th major. And sometimes you see the bad. You see institutions willing to cheat in order to keep their um, status for what should be amateur athletics. You see an entire international corporation that no one can trust right now to run what is largely the largest sporting event in the world. And then you have something that seems so innocent, game balls. And you realize that even some of the biggest heroes of a sport can be tempted to skirt the line a little bit. With sports, we don't want gray areas. We want a winner and then everyone else. And sometimes it takes a long time to get to that winner's spot. So when it happens, we need to forget about the controversy and we really need to cherish the moment. Maddie Ryan is the type of woman you want your daughter to become. She's super polite, ridiculously smart, and very daring. She currently races in the Pro 6 Series, where drivers can make a full lap in 14 seconds. She's a licensed NASCAR driver, and her car can get up to 200 miles per hour. She also happens to be the 2013 Langley Speedway Champion in Hampton, Virginia, and she currently holds that track's records for the Bandolero Car Race, which is a type of entry-level race for in the United States and Canada, where children as young as 8 learn the art of racing race cars. By the way, she did that track in 20.48 seconds. And did I mention she just turned 16? Now, I personally don't know much about NASCAR, but I do know this. Maddie Ryan has a really bright future ahead of her. The show, Maddie. Hi, how are you? 
I am so great. Okay, so we were chatting before the show, and I'm going to admit to you right now, I am not a big racing fan. And it's not that I don't appreciate all the work that goes into it, but I just have never had a kind of gateway into it. Can you explain racing a little bit for the women listening to the show? To explain racing, it's just, there's, honestly, there's no sport like it. It's high speed, and everybody's like, like, people like to stereotype it as, oh, you're just turning left. There's so many, there's so many things that just go into it. It's, it, the cars, the setup, the everything, it's just an adrenaline rush, honestly. Yeah. Now, um, you got into this sport as a really, at least to me, it seems really young. When did you actually start racing? I started practicing the Bandolero at 11. And my first race, I started when I was 12. How does one even get into, like, I understand Little League and I understand, like, peewee soccer. How does one get into racing? It is through the, um, we actually, our local, like, track is Langley Speedway. And um, my dad actually used to race when he was younger. So he decided to take on a hobby with me and my sister. And um, I stuck with it. She ended up not um, liking it too much, but we've just taken off with it honestly now um you are racing now at an is it a nascar level is that correct yes it is a subdivision of nascar so is this kind of like a rookie like if you equate it to like baseball and their farm league system is that kind of what you're in right now yes ma'am and how does that how does that work how do you advance to some of the bigger levels going up it going out through the sport and everything it is a lot of the times if it's a lot to do with marketing and marketing partners, getting people to come on board with your program. And a lot of it has to deal with um, once you get to the bigger leagues, taking the actual steps in the NASCAR, it does, you get to pick, get picked up by teams, like how football players get picked up by colleges. That's kind of how it works. So the better racers with the better sponsors get noticed by some of the bigger um, racing teams, and that's how they kind of get into the bigger races that are probably more well-known to the audience, like a Talladega or a Daytona, for example. Yes. Okay. And so um, you said your dad got you kind of into it, but what is it that makes you love it so much? You said the thrill and you said the rush, but, you know, there's is it a lot of thinking involved when you're in the race? It is it is a lot of thinking. It's a lot of mentality. It it honestly it's consumed my life so much. It I can't explain it. It just it's once you do get that once you do get into the sport, it's really hard not to whether you're a fan, whether you're a crew member, whether you're a driver. It really is just once you're in it, you're in it for life. And how does the team aspect work? I know that the crews are really important in this sport just because of the amount of support they give you. How important is that crew? They are very important. They are the ones that, I mean, the driver does do work, but they're the ones. And I am still learning mechanical-wise, but um, they are the ones that work on the car. They are the ones that are there if if anything happens on the track, they're the ones that are rushing to put the car back together if possible on pit road. And it's just, 
there it's not possible without them family affair like you've got you know your dad got you mom this your stepdad i know your mom is out there cheering for you because i'm friends with her in real life and you know you've got your family and fans and this is really becomes like an entire family thing for you guys to support this cause of you being a professional race car driver yes they all my family is very supportive of it it has it's i don't know how to explain it just all my family is very supportive of it and they're wanting they're wanting me as well to pursue pursue my dreams and take hold of my future. Now at your level and where your home track is, how many women are currently driving? Um five. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a lot though. No, it's not whatsoever, but the female drivers that are there, they're known because I mean, because they are taking on a male dominant sport. Yeah, and how do the guys treat you on the track? Do they treat you as an equal, or is it still kind of, oh, there's a girl? It's still kind of, oh, there's a girl. It's, they have a little bit of issues with it just because they don't want to look emasculine, but they try to act tough on the inside, but it sometimes they just can't. <laughs> <laughs> and your car uh, has touches of pink. I've seen it. Like, it's a girly car. Yes, it is a girly car. It is that You can definitely tell a girl drives it. It hot pink all over the place. We have a black car and then hot pink detailing, but that also goes along with um, my partner that I have right now, Hot 100.5, which is a radio station here in um, the Hampton Roads area. Yeah, and we're going to have pictures of the race car on blogtalkradio.com slash sportsgalpal in the slideshow and also in the show notes on sportsgalpal.com so you can see Maddie and we'll have links also to her website so you can kind of see the car and she's got this section. Um, she The car is nicknamed, nicknamed Pumpkin for the moment, yes? Yes, it is Pumpkin. We I took that name on last year with the car. I don't know. It was just my little pumpkin and um, the the chassis of the car is still orange, so we kept the name Pumpkin just because we couldn't think of anything else. It is Pumpkin. Yeah, and there's a section where actually kid, your your kid fans can color Pumpkin and decorate it and then, like, kind of send it into you. Um, yes. So I thought that was really neat. Yeah, we do have that. We have a lot of fans that do that. You have a ton of, like, little kids who are fans of yours. Yes, the little kids, for some reason, are just attracted. Even Even the little boys, they love the... The fact that a girl is racing, they're like, what? What's going on? <laughs> Does that put extra pressure on you, though? Um, because, you know, you got so many little kids kind of looking up at you. Yes, it does. It does get a little, I do get a little emotional sometimes because you do want to, you do want to put on that kind of like, oh, that's my driver. You know what I mean? It's kind of when, when you don't perform the way that you hope, it's kind of disappointing in all aspects, but. We, I mean, right now we're, we've had a lot of bad luck towards the beginning of the season, but we're, we've got the car down, hopefully dialed for the next race. And I'm actually going to prom that night as well. <laughs> wait, wait, you're going, you're going to race and go to prom? How does that work? Yes. We're doing it somehow. Um, We're going to be, I'll be getting ready in the race trailer that night after my race. So we'll see how that goes. Wow. That's and it's a quite a distance because you live because in our Hamptons area again your local where I live, you know the the race track is in one section and then you got to cross a bridge and kind of go further to where you live. So yeah, wow, it's that's going to be in Virginia Beach. That's going to be that's going to be a little bit of a go to. Maybe you could just do your hair in the car. 
<laughs> yeah. You know, outside the racing thing, are you a girly girl? Like, are you normal teenage I girl? I am a girly girl. I am a girly girl. I love clothes, shopping, but I also am not, I love the, I love the outdoors as well. I'm a, I love to go mudding and I actually, I feel like I have my own little farm in my backyard. I've got chickens and everything else. Oh my Lord. So just busy. So how do you handle, I mean, you've got to obviously put in your time on the track. You have to get sponsors. You get all of your own sponsors yourself. Um, you have to put in the time with your fans to develop that kind of relationship. You also have a part-time job outside of racing. And then you also, you know, you, you're going to school full-time. How are you handling all that? It is a lot to handle, but we're, I somehow manage it. We're actually um, considering homeschooling for next year, but that's also for um, some possible racing career opportunities that we have going on probably the beginning of next year. But it is a lot. It gets a, very tedious. I sometimes can break down and just get really, really stressed. But somehow we figure it out and manage it. But it, it is difficult at times. So if I've got listeners Not- who have children who are really, you know, thinking, I want to race a race car, where do, where do you get started doing something like this? Where do you start? You can actually find like your local racetracks, local go-kart tracks, and honestly, just getting to know the people from from your racetrack can direct you into a lot of different directions in racing. And um, on a Sprint Cup level, who's your favorite driver? I am a big fan of Brad Keselowski. That is my driver. (laughs) (laughs) And why are we a fan of him? Like when my husband and I catch a race, I'll be honest, I pick the brands, which probably makes the sponsors super happy. So I like, you know, sometimes like I I know Tony Stewart because of Home Depot and (laughs) I'm trying to think, I know, um, Dale Jr. because he did the you know he does like Mountain Dew a lot and Mm -hmm. Joe Gibbs Racing so I know this much yay me um (laughs) you know but I I think you deal with a lot and I know the one guy who's won like everything he seems like he's the only one that won but I don't remember his name Jimmy um yeah exactly he but I know that guy the Lowe's car you know that's how I you know and I'm probably I'm probably embarrassing myself so much now to all my listeners and I'm so sorry but you know, again, I think there's a lot of listeners like me who have husbands, particularly because it is a male-dominated sport. We're not there's there's no exception, but who are like me going, I like the car that you know has the M and M's on it, or I like the car, the Crown Royal car, you know, or I like the Hot 100.5 car because I listen to that radio station, you know. Um, Super pretty. So, yeah, and it's pretty and it's pink. Or we know Danica, for example, or I know Leilani. Um, you know. From um, she's an environmentalist and she's a race car driver and she does a lot of things with Tesla. So you know it's pretty interesting, you know how women approach the sport. At least this woman who's a very very you know because again I, we never had but I had neighbors across the street from me. He goes to the Richmond Raceway all the time. Like that's his thing. Mm-hmm. Like when Richmond's in town, he's like, no, I'm going. So it's it's really <laughs> it is a devoted fan base of of people really who are is, devoted. You see the craziest, wildest people at these races, but they're all they're they're also good-hearted. Really, it's you see football teams and everything. We were talking about this the last Richmond race we went to. You see football teams and you know the fans fighting in the fighting in the what's it called the parking lots and stuff like that. The, but oh, the tailgating, yeah, in the tailgating and everything. But when you go to a Richmond race, you just don't see that. It's I mean, you can't pick between 43 different teams you know what i mean you it it really is nascar is a family sport 
Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, it, it's a great thing to, and w- if you find some of these like kind of local racetracks, like we have here in our local area, you know, it's really affordable to bring family to see a night of racing and really entertaining. Yes. School tracks there. They honestly have some of the best racing around and it is, it's, it's such a close knit, I guess, community. You could say it's just, it's a really amazing thing. So why is Brad your favorite um, sprint driver? We never really got into that. You're going to think I'm a dork, but I think he is the cutest thing ever. <laughs> no, I'm sure he is. We're going to put pictures of him also because I want the Gal Pound Nation is, to see this guy. Is he a doll? He is very cute. He is. A, he's he's kind of an awkward looking person, but he, he I've we've met him. We've met or I've met him at um a local track before, and he was just a really nice guy. And it's his driving style, I that's also a big thing. I love his driving style. He's just, there's something different. Yeah. Now, you as a race car, you know, I've seen it on, like, the Sprint Cup where they have kind of teams, like, again, like the Joe Gibbs team, for example, or Hendrix um, mm-hmm. is another big team where, you know, the drivers and they're, like, the two drivers are helping each other. That I don't understand that because I'm thinking if I'm in my own car, I want to win. Why am I going to help this guy and how do I help this guy? It just... It just seems like a bunch of guys, honestly, in one big cluster going around the track a zillion times. And I know it's way more more detailed than that. Yeah, it is. It's a lot more detailed than that because there are certain how the last, like, I think it was two races ago, Jimmy Johnson helped Junior win that race because he was trying. I don't know how to explain it. It's called the chase. And it's those people that win races throughout the year. Every driver that wins a race is entered into the chase. And those people have the opportunity to win the championship that that year. Anyone else is disqualified from it. But because you are teammates and everything, you have your teammate blocking for you, blocking other cars. You have your teammate pushing you to the win. It's just it's just that type of thing so it really is kind of like you know whoever whichever car seems like the most likely to help the entire team win that's the car that they get behind and they're like okay we're going to push this guy as as the race progresses i'm sure they're all in the beginning going we're all in it for ourselves but we're going to watch out for each other exactly how can fans get connected to you we actually have a lot of social media um we have maddie ryan racing on facebook and instagram and we have maddie ryan m on twitter and you're pretty active on there, like you're actually engaging with fans. Yes, we um we answer any questions, comments, anything that anybody has questions about, comments on anything like that. We we're I am very fan involved. It I mean I don't know. I just appreciate it so much that it just doesn't make sense for us not to. Okay, I think that's a perfect way to end it. Thank you so much, Maddie, for coming on Sports Gal Pal. I really appreciate it, and good luck this season. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Maddie Ryan. You can find out more about her and her racing career at maddieryanracing.com, and she's also on Facebook, um, back, facebook.com backslash Maddie Ryan Racing.
So now our question of the week actually comes from Twitter. And this was an interesting question of the week. As you know, every week I answer a question from my audience. And last week was the premiere of the show. And I want to thank everybody so much who shared and who, you know, commented and sent me well wishes and reviewed it. It was a pleasure and it was so exciting. So thank you, Gal Pal Nation, for rising up. So one of the members of Gal Pal Nation is actually my podcasting mentor, um, the Podvader, who has his own show on Blog Talk Radio called Next Fan Up. And he lovingly um, put out there a tweet about my show and he posted, you know, hey, this is a show that you're sports show that your wife and girlfriend will actually listen to. Oh, and guys can listen too. So I was really excited and I retweeted it and, you know, some other people retweeted it. But this one guy responded to it and his name um, handle is at Chase Mackering and he responded to it. He goes, sexist approach to promotion. Uh, Women can appreciate sports the same way men do. We don't need sports for girls. Then in another tweet, he asked, why is the angle gendered? There are men who don't normally follow sports too. So, you know, I responded back to him and Pod Vader responded back, but, you know, you only get 140 characters on Twitter. And I said, you know what, let me make this my question of the week because he asked a question. And I had to take a moment and really think about it. You know, is the show sexist? Is my angle sexist because I'm only focusing on specifically women sports fans? And after thinking about it and doing some research, I'm like, nope. Sorry, dude. It's not sexist. The definition of sexism, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, is the unfair treatment of an individual based on sex. If anything, my show is the opposite of that. I'm bringing what is a male-dominated topic of sports, and I'm trying to give a true woman's perspective on it. Um, You know, I'm not a woman who's still talking like a man about sports so that men can enjoy it. I'm a woman who is trying to use her own experience and her own kind of way of speaking at sports and asking questions about sports that maybe she doesn't know, like racing. And hopefully other women and men can learn from that. Um, The show's designed this way because there isn't a show out there where people can just ask questions to explain basics in sports. And yes, the primary target is women, because I'm a woman, and I'm a woman who had to piece together her sports knowledge through lots of different avenues, and it took a long time for me to get comfortable talking about sports. So I really wanted to create one place where the novice sports fan could come to learn more. And I want to be really clear, you know, my biggest supporters right now are actually the male sports podcasters. They see the potential of having more fans understand sports, and they've been all about this show. I have gotten emails and tweets and texts from them and they have been awesome. A lot of them are saying they will come on the show. Um, They're very funny and they've been really um, just really welcoming into the club. So thanks to those guys. They've been tremendous and just really supportive. So my angle is gendered based because there are a thousand male voices in this sports arena heck in the overall podcasting arena there are tons of male voices and there's still you know not as many women but the number of female fans both from podcasting and for sports is growing female sports fans make up 45 percent of the nfl's fan base which which is over 150 million individuals 50 percent of millennial women um will say that they follow baseball and basketball that they will actually watch the games they will find some news about it and a sign, and it's a sign really 
for that of Title IX, in my opinion, because those women probably were exposed to playing sports more than their grandmothers and mothers. And so many of the guests that I have asked have said the reason they got into sports was they actually played. The challenge is, is that I feel like the media isn't keeping up. Again, I feel like we there are a lot of great women broadcasters and women sports commentators, but they're still you know, appeasing what is a male-dominated market. They are talking to other men. They are talking to other men. There's nothing specifically to the female sports fan outside of ESPN's W, in my opinion. And even that's a really small fraction of what, you know, ESPN provides. And they've even admitted that, you know, it's a small step. And I get it. They're a business and they've got to make money. There wasn't a sports show for me. And that's the reason why I wanted to start this one. My, so, my show is not sexist. If it is, write me at Ramona at Sports Gal Pal, and we can talk about it. Maybe I need to change some things, but I'm, I'm just going to flat out say it. Like, again, it's the unfair treatment of an individual. So I'm not being unfair. I'm not saying guys can't listen to the show. Dudes, I love the, ga- the, I love the pals of Gal Pal Nation. You know, I, I just want it to be something where, again, if you've got a sports fan in your life, and you want to hang out with them more during sports seasons, then I want to be able to provide some, you know, context of what they're talking about, what they're looking at, so that you enjoy watching the games too. That's that's all really I want to do. That is my mission for this podcast. So I don't see where that sexes. But I appreciate um, you looking out for women, and I hope you continue to listen to the show, and I hope you did listen to the show before you made that comment. So if you have a question about sports or how to handle the sports fit in your life, send me an email, Ramona at sportsgalpal.com, or you can tweet me at sportsgalpal, and I could answer it on the air. So I want to thank all y'all for joining me today, and, rem- and many thanks to Maddie Ryan for joining us. Remember, don't hate the game. Just try to understand why he loves it so much. If you love the Sports Gal Pal, make sure to subscribe on Stitcher or iTunes and leave a review because it helps other people discover the podcast. To keep up with all things Gal Pal Nation, make sure to follow me on at Sports Gal Pal or you can like the Sports Gal Pal Facebook page. Thanks for listening to the Sports Gal Pal podcast and be sure to check out SportsGalPal.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.